that's great news. So mm-hmm. I think we should start here. Welcome okay. to the podcast. This is Infinite Pulp. This is Aaron and Max. The Pulp continues to be infinite. We are yes, still here. It is. Absolutely. So you're playing The Witcher 3. Tell me what you think about it. I am playing The Witcher 3. It has been a journey. I loved the first Witcher game so much. It was so different than so many other RPGs I'd played. Halfway through it, I had like, I was playing on the hardest difficulty setting. The first boss whooped me, and so I really had to get good fast. It was a very punishing game, but very rewarding at the same time. And like halfway through it, I'm just wandering through this city on some side quest, having like this really complicated dialogue with this friend of the main character about prejudice and Mm -hmm. legends as vehicles for the perpetuation of stereotypes. And I was just like, what is this a game? Yeah. (laughs) And I loved it. I fell so in love. The music and the ambiance are incredible. Um, And so this one um, carries over a lot from the previous two games, Mm -hmm. um, including some things that I think may have been better left behind. So it took me a while to get into it for a number of reasons. One, the difficulty on the hardest difficulty setting is insane because you basically can't get hit. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And it sucks because until you've spent some time leveling your character up, you're not invulnerable when you're rolling. You just need to get good. You do. But yeah. I, so much of my training about like Monster Hunter style games was the oh, awareness yeah. that like there are weak points and you read the enemy movements and bait certain attacks. And that's how you learn to like overcome the enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was really hard was the first major enemy you fight in that game is a griffin as a part of the main story. And in the first little like I forget what it's called, white oak, white lotus, white something, white plant. And he protects his hindquarters which is something that most early enemies don't do in Monster Hunter-style games. So I'm sitting there, like, rolling around attacks, trying to get up behind him and and get to him while he's turning back around to face me, and he just does this, like, backslap attack with his paw that has, like, an enormous arc, reaches, like, halfway around his body, and he hits me for two-thirds of my health in one hit, and then I'm bleeding. And it's just like... This is this is so punishing. Um, so that was uh, a rough way to get into it. Once I got um, the dodge part leveled, where yeah. I could, when I'm dodging, you, I don't get hit. I was fine. Yeah. Um, but up until that point, it was tough, and I had to use a lot of signs, and I had to be really clever and really slow. And fighting random groups of drowners, like just ghouls in the forests, wolves, anything, was terrifying. I had to quick save so often. Yeah. Do you want any um, advice? No. On any of the game? Okay. Nope. Even even absolutely just having fun. And I've learned about like the the equipment sets and how like stupid powerful they are because I got the first one. Like I I went around gathering the Griffin set and that's fun. Um, But part of my problem, I think, was the first zone you're supposed to go to is Velen. And Velen is just Dullsville. Velen is swamps and trees and that's it. So you went to Nilfgaard Um, and then... uh... Got yeah, so I, well, I went to the city 
And, and I was like, oh, okay. Cause I, I got side quests. Like I got, I got caught up doing all the exploration stuff and exploring all of the points of interest. So like I was spending enormous amounts of time in extremely dangerous situations. And then once I got the Griffin set at like level 11, everything became so much easier. It was yeah. almost like playing a different game. It was crazy. Yeah. It was just crazy. Um, I really don't like the Siri flashbacks because they don't seem to be tied at all to the difficulty of the game you're playing on. So when I become Siri, I just stand in front of an enemy and mash the attack button until they die. Interesting. And that's really obnoxious. I never had like, that issue. Um, I felt like it was pretty equal the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It- it, it may or have I just been. Care. It may have just been that by the time you got to Siri, you already had some Griffin armor, and so you felt much stronger too. I, um, I also didn't have quite as difficult time at the beginning. Oh yeah, um, no, are it was you, brutal. Are you dodge rolling a lot instead of just dodging? Are you yeah, like well, actually I was trying doing both? I was doing okay. both. Like with humans, I'll dodge. With with enemies, I dodge roll. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I know. The, I know the difference. Yeah. No, I'm not saying you didn't. I'm just saying like. It's just weird. You know, it's one of those where the dodge works usually way better a lot of the times than the dodge roll. Yeah. Um, just because it's so much quicker. And, man, you have to absolutely use potions and oils. Mm-hmm. And your silver sword has to be with monsters. And, yeah, it's – Death March is so much fun. It was really punishing at the beginning. But once you kind of grasp everything, yeah. it, it just – it's the right difficulty for that game. Mm-hmm. Because the Witcher – like, I just – I didn't want to play a game where the lore from the Witcher is supposed to be his expertise in potions and alchemy and oils and all these different cool things and signs and never use them. Because yeah. if you play in lower difficulty, you can just mash X and you're just done. And yeah. like through the books, he's just like using, you know, he's using all that crap. So because I, it feels I, threatening. Yeah. Right? And so I, I yeah. need to I need I wanted to play on that style where we had to use that. Mm. But the side quest is the reason that game is amazing for me like that. Like the, the main storyline I did really enjoy. Um, I quite liked it a lot. But the side quest is where you're like you're making all your buddy, your bu- buddy, your butter and all of that. Like, yeah, because you're right. They, you're going to like just stumble upon this one, or you you stumble upon a quest or you just happen to like. Oh, I have to decide like who is going to jail or one of these people. And no decision yeah. is good. There's no bad. There's a lot of times. There's no like Paragon and uh, Renegade decision. There's just a couple of bad decisions, and you have to pick the best one out of them. Yeah, pick the one that will sit better with you. And yeah, that's no, that's definitely absolutely. very fun and very rewarding, and I really appreciate that. It's um, really similar to the Outer Worlds, um, which I just finished this last yeah. weekend. Where it's just like, yeah, you kind of have to pick. Though that dialogue stuff, we're gonna we'll talk about that in a second. I want to finish with your stuff first. Yeah, um, the, I, I have to tell you something. Floaty. I know you don't want to. He feels floaty, man. Like when he's running around, you can feel like, oh yeah, that that drives me nuts. And that's oh, a yeah. relic of games from like ten years ago that needs to go. Absolutely. So I think that may just be the physics engine they're using, but everything feels so. Yeah, floaty. it definitely could be. Um, the horse racing is really dumb. It's I get so dumb. what they're doing with it, but yeah. like you can basically one shot everything, including like a really hard race out of like the main city. Yeah. There was like some underground horse track racing, whatever. There was um, only one race that I had to do more than once. Yeah. Yep. And that was the very, very last mission <laughs> to yeah. complete that quest line. Yeah. Um, don't, are you touching Gwent at all? No. Yeah. <laughs> I just, <laughs> uh, I tried, I spent like a, a, an hour watching, like I watched a YouTube video one night as I was falling asleep and then I played for an hour and I was like, this isn't fun. 
<laughs> yeah. So I quit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly what I did. Well, one of, one of my other friends who actually has Witcher tattoos and he's just, it's the, he's the biggest Witcher fan possible. Mm-hmm. He, um, he's obsessed with Gwent and like got into that so hard and like, that's it's good. A, good for it's you, man. A real game now, right? Like they yeah. made like a separate game. Yep. Like Hearthstone for mm-hmm. Gwent. Yeah. yeah, which is no longer on consoles, announced as of, I believe, either today or yesterday. Yeah. Or one of these days that they're they're removing it from consoles and making it just a mobile and PC game. But I don't know if it's mobile, actually. It could just be a PC game. Yeah. Um, it's it's in the top, it's in my top 10 games of all time. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you one party thing that has absolutely nothing to do with anything and won't ruin your experience at all. All but right. You, well, have, you, you sound have to like know. you really need to talk about it. So let's do. do it. You don't need to fight monsters if you're just like traveling between one place and another. They give you such little XP, like those drowners. I just want to make I sure know. that you're not like stopping and trying to defeat no, everything. At some point, at a certain point, it was just like I had to for my own ego. Right. And so I was doing it. And then like the first trophy you get is like the Noon Wraith trophy that gives you 5% bonus XP from monsters. So I was yeah. like. Might as well do some farming. So anytime I see them, it's just practice. You know, okay. it's just a yeah. chance to get good. I know I don't have to. Yeah, um, it's not even like, like I. It's not even like grinding for XP. You know, because they give yeah. you so. It would take you so yeah. long. Um, as soon as I figured that out, I had I had a better time with the game because I just rode through the areas instead of stomping in the swamps and yeah. trying to deal with all the drowners or the wolves or any of that. Uh, but yeah, it's. It's great. I finished every single question mark in that game. Nice. Yeah, I visited all of them. Yeah. And there's you're gonna find. I don't know if they've if they've expanded it to the, like the ocean. Um, I, I purchased every single map. I think you have to buy maps to unveil the question marks mm-hmm. in the cities, and I bought all those. Um, have you discovered any of the other armors at all, or just the Griffin one? Um. So I've got the. So I like. I'm not actually going to Skellige yet. Like I'm level yeah. 14 um, and there's the level 16 quest takes you to Skellige or whatever. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I am like, I went there anyway, just to kind of like open up the warp map and right. see what's next. And then I was like, this place is awesome. And this music is incredible. And I'm yeah. out. <laughs> Skellige is the best. I yeah. love that place. I spent most of my time in Skellige. Yeah. Um, there's some really cool quests over there. Skellige's exists where my favorite, that's my favorite quest in the game is Nick Skellige. So good, 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 good. We'll talk about it when we get there. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, You'll know. You'll know what one it is. The two, the big quests in Velen though, that were fun, um, were like the, the Baron, the figurehead. I like, I'm almost through all of it. So I did the Baron's quest. I did the side quest about the, the forest spirit. Yeah. I like that one. The hags want you to kill. That was the first moment in the game where I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Yeah. Because like they, the, to say, to find information about your friends, these evil witches send you to kill this, this evil creature and you get to the creature and the creature says, I'm not evil. They've put a curse on me. I'm the spirit of this forest and they're trying to dominate me, set me free and I can save those children. And I was like, which one is right? Yeah. Do I do? What did you do? Uh, I wound up setting the forest spirit free. I wanted to free the kids. Yeah, I did. Um, I, and the crones were gross and awesome. Those are some of the best character designs I've ever so seen cool. in a video game. Like the, one of them has a bloody bag hanging around her yeah. and there's just like a limp arm dangling out of it. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, it profoundly unsettling. Like, I've seen a lot of stuff, right? I watch a lot of horror movies. Those character designs unsettled me. Yeah, dude. It's so good. I love that game. Uh, it's yeah. it's yeah I, I i never want to touch it again 
I, it's one of those that I, I put 165, 170 hours into it. My first playthrough, I be, did everything I possibly could. And the ending that I got was just like, I'm it. And like, yep. I like my Geralt has ended the way he needs to end. Like I have good. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. You're, yeah. You, you'll, I, I like that. So yeah, do your thing. I, then, I'm not going to talk about it anymore and try to try to, uh, push you one way or another and, give you quick, well, quick tips you'll have to yeah. figure the word off yourself and then go yeah, from there i am i am and i'm enjoying that process yeah. and the music is awesome That's and the so ambiance is awesome yeah but i'm really ready to be done with velen velen i think they kind of shoot themselves in the foot by creating the dullest atmosphere first right well right? like there's really like, only three cow. big areas um yeah 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 velen there's velen there's, oh you know what else i did i didn't tell you about this because you told me about the dies um, I went and one shot the giant. Oh, cool! And the Duchy of Toussaint. Nice. Yeah, yeah going so, into Toussaint, you can get the dies. Um, yeah, which are awesome. Yeah, but you can't get any of the unique ones. Like you can get gray and pink and yellow, and it's like screw that. I want black and white. Oh, and you can't get those until you can actually like un- find the dies in the Duchy at the correct level. Okay. Yeah. So basically, all of my stuff is either going to be pink or gray yeah, or until, until level 35 just leave it the way it is like all of the armor like if you're using one of the witcher sets like it'll be like your griffin armor i think is red um has red and brown it's overtones green. to it it's green it's that's green, green. oh that's it's right i green. used the wolf armor i'm sorry i didn't use the griffin armor yeah well i can't get the wolf armor yet because i am not going to continue the story that far yet because i still have some exploring to yeah. do in villain yeah no it's because i look i did i like I, it's like go to care Morin, and i was like how do i go to care Morin? and they're like in the story and i was like nope yeah yeah <laughs> i'll get there when i get there absolutely yeah do your it, it's absolutely worth exploring everything you can in that game because the best part yeah. of that game is definitely the the one-off side quest where you just think you're fetching mm-hmm. something and it turns into like saving saving the kids in the forest or yeah you know yeah it's it's great uh, i really enjoyed uh, the kira Metz side quest around the isle of fike yes and the the ghost in the tower what did you do with her she's she suckered me, man. Yeah. I totally believed her. And I, I had forgotten that I was playing The Witcher. And so what wound up happening was I, 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 I went through and that whole area was phenomenal and creepy and like profoundly unsettling too. Like they do creepy so well yeah. in that series. Like you're climbing this tower and every successive level gets creepier and more unsettling. And there's like cages and rats everywhere and bodies. And you know some shit went down. And – then you get to the top and there's this shade and she's clearly tortured and she you find out that it's it gets really dark. Yeah. Um, can we get that dark in this podcast or we'll do you just, want me to just no, like we won't, we won't spoil too many story things, too, if somebody okay. hasn't hasn't anyway, uh, played it yet. Anyway, I trusted her and somebody yeah. didn't make it. Yep. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I legitimately jumped in my seat when that happened. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's great. That's a fun quest. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that one a lot, actually. Not my favorite, but still great. Um, I finished the Outer Worlds over the weekend. Tell me all about it. One of the best things that's happened to me over the last week was my roommate decided she wanted to start playing The Sims Four, but for some reason it wasn't. She couldn't log in or find her account where 
she had The Sims 4 on it, and I don't think it runs on Mac anymore, is what I've heard. And so I let her use my computer, and I told her, here, let me buy it for you as a Christmas gift. And then when we hang out together and we're watching TV, it now turns into her playing The Sims 4, and I get to play video games because... She's preoccupied with that, and she apologized uh, last Saturday. She's like, "I'm sorry, I just played The Sims all day. I, I, it's I didn't mean to." And I was just like, "What are you talking about? I get to play The Outer Worlds for like five hours, and you were happy playing The Sims, and we were just hanging out with our dogs and just chilling. Like, this is the greatest. Why would we want to like? Why would this doesn't make me sad at all? Um, nice. And I'm happy to watch. You know, like last night she was playing uh, The Sims a little bit when I got home. Uh, after band practice and she <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I'm just going to put on Harry Potter and like fall asleep. You just leave whenever you need to. Um, it was great. Um, the Outer Worlds would be probably my game of the year if I was to have like some sort of vote and some sort of poll from the games I've played. I'm currently playing the Star Wars Fallen Order though, so I don't... That one also is amazing. And uh, it's not as good of a game as Outer Worlds, though. It's just Star Wars, so that's what makes me like it more. It's it mm-hmm. Fallen Order. I don't know if you've watched too many videos or looked at it, um, seen much combat. It it's I have seen I have seen the videos. It's a Dark Souls Star Wars game. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, I saw the clip <laughs> of the guy rolling through the barrels, and I'm like, "Yep, that's yeah. Dark Souls." And the combat Sekiro and Dark Souls combined, like you have the slowness of Dark Souls with the parry system of Sekiro, and it's awesome. And I just love force pushing people off edges and one-on-one fighting is so fun. And the exploration is great. It feels good. And I like that after a lot. And so it's, it's a fun game. I'm, I'm, I was going to play it last night, but I didn't get home until 1030. I was like, you know, if I start now, it's going to be like another Tuesday night where I'm up until two 30 again, playing this game. And I have to like do important things at work. So I didn't. What is the game called again? Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So it's going to be Jedi colon Fallen Order. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like that dude's face, like that dude's face is weird looking to me. And it's not like all of our male protagonists need to be handsome. Um, I don't believe that. I don't. But like his his character design, his face looks like. It doesn't look like it's a human face with something wrong with it. It looks like it's a person designing a human face that doesn't know how to render in 3D. Yeah. Well, it looks yeah. Just, there's something off about yeah, it. Yeah, you'll see this in Spider-Man 2. Like if you look up the Spider-Man PS4 Peter Parker, you're going to see like the same exact kind of problems that they have. Oh, yeah. And, Interesting. And so it's just kind of to me it's a technology issue right now and i think we're just waiting until the next you know systems get oh, here weird. you're you're exactly right yeah. that's exactly what it is yeah. yeah it's like this and it is that what's it called the uncanny valley yeah where it's just like it's not quite there yes, yet it's very close you guys are so yeah. close but there's just something yeah. off about this that i just yeah. can't put my finger on but mm-hmm. i don't like it um, mm-hmm. I had the same issue when I was playing Spider-Man. I was like, yeah, I, I don't like the way Peter pa- Parker's modeled. Um, and it's, I wonder if it happens to be with redheaded or like lighter, like colored people. Cause when Mary Jane isn't as bad. So maybe it's only like the May, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it is just the modeling. Yeah. But that actor is in shameless and he's also, um, in Gotham. 
And he's really he playing Gotham. He plays the first incarnation of Joker in the first couple of seasons. Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen him yet. I'm in season one and I just did the, um, which one did I just do? Scarecrow. Oh, cool. Yeah. First. So I'm like episode 17. Yeah. Or so. I think I'm on season three or four. Uh, the, uh, he does an amazing job in Gotham. Cool. Good. Look forward to it. He's so good. Uh, um, the only it, this game would be my game of the year. Absolutely, best game I've ever I've like played in a long time. In le- it's just it's not quite there yet. It just needs a little more polish. It, you know, it's it's like Dark Souls Light. A lot of quality of life things that Dark Souls has implemented that they haven't figured out yet, like being able to travel between meditation points, travel back to your ship, yeah. like. A lot of different little things that would make the game just a little bit better. It's still the combat is a, it's not chunky at all. It's just you can tell it's like their first foray into this style. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's respawn. They're used to making first-person shooters. Yeah. I have, it's going to get a sequel, and the sequel is going to be so good because <laughs> they're going to like, mm-hmm. oh, now we have an engine. It's going to be on the new systems. Yeah, it's going to be great. Um, and the story makes sense for exploration, which I really like. It's you know, part of it is go to this planet and try to find the Jedi temple and like follow this little red trail crumb. And they don't really tell you where it's at. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to go and meander on through. And once you find it, like you can find it and they do tell you where it's at. It's at some point once you discover the ability to, but it's re- just, it makes sense for you to explore. And that's what they want you to do. Like they want you to explore because that's where all the chests are at. Um, there aren't any upgrades I don't believe in the chests. They're just cosmetic upgrades. So like if you can't find something, it's no big deal. There are secrets Mm -hmm. that give you uh, um, force upgrades and life upgrades. And that really bothers me. I really don't like when games hide life and force. Well, or like mana and health or HP. I just don't like when they hide and secret those. So like you don't have access to become like I I like it when it's... I like it when it's built in. You, you don't want to be rewarded for exploring. I want to be rewarded in a different way. I still want to be rewarded, but I don't want to be rewarded that way. I would like to be able to choose how much life I have with a skill point in a tree. That's just personal preference. Can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, this is what's for. How how much of it is your fear of missing out on upgrades? Yeah, that's part of it for sure. Absolutely. Because that's that's the big reason I always struggle with that system, and I love that system, and I actually prefer it to straight like you did. You watched the cutscene, now you get more points, and now you have more health. Like, great! I feel so accomplished sitting here doing nothing. Yeah, but what if you just defeated, uh, you know, one of the Inquisitors, and it took you an hour, yeah. and then you got the ability yeah. to input your points where you wanted them? Yeah, I think my big problem with it is like. Like in The Witcher 3, for example, you get the most XP from like main story quests. And oftentimes that's just like go gather X items and then you leveled up. And it's like I just killed 400 monsters and Mm -hmm. I picked up a a bag. Yeah. And that that that's what I'm a better Witcher for doing. You know, so you're going to have diminishing returns on your combat skills. So at this point, Geralt's just hit those. So the only way he can get XP is by doing things he doesn't normally do, which is go fetch bags, Picking up bags. for people. Because you know that's not something he likes to do. That's true. Uh, yeah. 
It's it's fun. I really like it. They, they they do the same thing in God of War, and I wasn't very happy about that either. Tying life and uh, special ability upgrades to exploring, but that's a personal preference for me, and I totally understand that. And some people, I I also have a very, I don't have a very high tolerance for a ton of exploration, so I. I just because I want to get back into the combat and I want to get back into the story. So like going and finding another star lightsaber hilt just so I can have it isn't like super important mm-hmm. to me. So it's um, things that make me explore to get those upgrades is not something that I'm a fan of just because I just don't care for those. I don't care for exploring that much. Uh, so I, that that's definitely part of it as well, uh, for sure. The Outer Worlds, though, man, it's so good. I pumped all of my points into leadership abilities and to dialogue so I could just talk my way out of everything. And then my companions killed most of the people. And I just was this charming leader and just amazing, like, captain. And that's what I wanted to, like, try to go through a game where I would focus mostly on the dialogue. And it was really fun. And there was really no good choice in that game ever. There was nothing that didn't affect somebody else. And... You could, if you, the best part about that game, I've never seen dialogue trees as good as I've seen them in this game. Now, I understand Disco Elysium is out, and I haven't played that yet, and I've heard that has some of the best dialogue ever in a game. But The Outer Worlds is, there'll be an option to end the quest, and you have the skill points to do it, and you can say that line, or you can ask a few more questions, which would lead you to a different alternate ending to that quest and then you can ask another question and then that'll end you to a separate alternating question like there's all these different paths and ways to do things and then you can stop talking to that person and turn around and talk to the person next to him and say well what if i just killed that person next to you and you're the leader now is that gonna you know <laughs> like every single person is killable you know you can kill every single npc once you have somebody in your party you can ask them to leave you can say i don't need you anymore go away i don't want you in my party anymore which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pick up. I missed two companions three quarters of the way through the game. I missed picking up two companions. And I even talked to one. Oops. I just failed his quest because he wanted a bunch of crap that I didn't think he should get. And so I just didn't give it to him. And he said he never gave me an option for him to join me ever. He's, you know, he's just, I, I didn't have that option anymore and I couldn't find his quest. And I was like, well, I guess I just can't let him join. And so do you feel like that lends to replayability? Yeah, absolutely. There are so many different paths you can do. You can turn the, you're, you, you get this old scientist who gives you your opening quest. And the first city you go to, I believe, you can talk to the officials there or somebody and turn them in and collect the reward. And then there's another person that comes on and they're the ones that gives you the quest and like pushes you forward in the game at that point. But like the structure is different because you go visit the, once I planned it before you visit the other one, even though you're doing the same thing and then the end of the game changes a little bit, but the whole, like, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a pretty short RPG too. Like it's only took me like less than 30 hours to get through. And I didn't do all the quests. Yeah. I just kind of meandered and I, I full leveled up. I got the level 30 maxed out. Um, they also have flaws in the game, which I think we've talked about before a little bit. But it was really cool when these uh, auto mechs kept on shooting me with their plasma rifles. After I got so much damage for that, it would pop up and say, you've developed a fear of plasma rifles. Do you want to accept mm-hmm. this fear? And if you accept this fear, you get an extra perk point. 
And I was like, yeah, I'll do that because the way I'm building, I can just hide and let my companions like do it. I mean, I never had that much of an issue with the game. I was playing it on normal difficulty, which I've heard is very easy because um, mm-hmm. I didn't really care at this point. The combat's a fall off combat. Combat's not great, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not like I needed to like get super challenged combat. I just kind of wanted to experience the story and see how much like charming and like BSing I could do through people and just talking. I just wanted to see how much of the game I could avoid combat. <laughs> yeah i think that's a noble goal yeah and, and it was fun yeah it was it was great there's a couple quests where i killed people because i was 100 fully against what they believed and stood for and it was essentially a cult leader who wanted to stop radio broadcasting and then start sending his propaganda over print and so i had to go pick him up a print press instead and that was like one of the paths of the quest line and it was part of the main quest so the options were, well, do I just kill him now and leave and that stops the transmissions or do I go get him the printing press? So I shot him yeah. um, and I didn't feel good about it. Um, and I had actually ended up pretty much wiping out that entire colony in that little town. And I didn't feel good about that either. But I, I, did, I wanted to live with my choices you know yeah. and not go back because yeah. that's the kind of game that makes it more fun when there's some weight to it you're like yeah. oh is this a, did i make the right decision here i don't know if i did i'm not going back and talking to these people i shut power off to an entire town and transitioned it over to a uh a kind of a gorilla outfit not like the apes but you know um freedom fighters and mm-hmm. <laughs> i made i don't know if i made the right choice even though i like their style of life better and you shouldn't be a corporate shill like I still don't know if I, and I don't, I went, I didn't ever went back. I never went back to the town that I shut power off to. I went back once for like a fetch quest, but I didn't talk to anybody. Cause I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you guys because you're going to be mad at me. Like I'm going to avoid it. <laughs> I tried to try, tried to role play it as much as possible. It was a lot I of like fun. It. I highly recommend it. If you, I, I, I if you are into those kind of fallouty style games, it's a Bethesda game, but better, better writing. Okay. Um, cool. I recommend it. I'll definitely, definitely check, check it out. You, dude, spend 10 bucks, get game pass for the PC and then just play it for 10 bucks for a month and you're done. Cause it's a, yeah. all Microsoft first party games are going to be on game pass and game Pass is on PC now. So it's $10 a month and you can just get it. That, that includes sea of thieves. Does yeah, it? it does, which I, I also owned and we could be pirates yeah. together cause that's also crossplay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, might have to do that. Gosh, that opens up. Yeah, yes, we need to sail the high seas together. We absolutely do. We need to. I've done that before, and I've come across people in the game. Um, one of my RA, like my old R, uh, RA, and a couple other friends from college used to play it together when it first came out, and we legitimately like got into like water battle, uh, you know, ship battles with people where somebody tried to come steal our crap. So while they were stealing our stuff, I jumped over to their ship, killed the person that was on their ship, and stole all their stuff, and then. Took it back, and then we just drove away after they both were gone. It was great. It's such a fun game. There's so many cool emergent stories out of that. It's amazing. Yeah. Did you? It sounds like it sounds like an awesome game to play, sitting around with three other buddies and drinking yes. and just catching up on what's been going on yep. in your life. That because week. the water physics and the way they look are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, just piloting the ship and commanding that is fun. We all gave ourselves pirate mm-hmm. nicknames based upon birds. Um, I chose Magpie because I was in charge of the sails, so I determined how mm-hmm. fast we went. Magpie is a fast uh, bird, and they like to steal things. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. I'm a pirate. 
Um, <laughs> couple other things. It's uh, Walt Disney's birthday today. Well, it would have been if he was still alive. He would have been happy birthday. Walt. Would have been 118. So, oof. You know, what an old man. Um. So happy birthday, Walt. I think it's important to pay tribute to uh, his birthday. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had some pretty cool things happen to me yesterday, the other day, two days ago. You better tell me all about them. Did I tell you I bought a drum set? Yes, you okay, did. Cool. That's why we didn't record last week, two weeks ago. I can't last remember. Two weeks ago. Two weeks yeah, ago. Before Thanksgiving. Yep. Yeah. It's awesome. It's super fun. I cleaned it all up. I'm taking it to the shop on Saturday to ask them what kind of heads to put on and see if it needs any like actual like integrity work done to it instead of just cosmetic. And we'll see if it needs to, because it's a set from like the mid eighties. So, um, but it was made in Japan, which is really awesome. And they're really good quality. And I took my snare drum to the, uh, band practice last night and it just sounds great. You know, we had like a tiny, tiny, like 12 inch, 10 inch, like piccolo drum. (laughs) It was awful. It's like, two and a half inches tall, 12, 10 inches wide. And like my drum is six and a half inches deep and 14 inches wide. And so like just the sound resounds through the studio. Mm-hmm. It was great. Dude, I posted um, something to Twitter the other day and the person that I added liked my tweet and I got somebody else. I felt so proud. And it was like somebody who wow. had like 200 and some thousand followers. Um, and it was just a company and it was um giant bomb you guys should all listen to giant bomb bomb if you like if you like video games go to giantbomb.com or the bombcast or their beastcast those podcasts are amazing they're really cool people over there i like them a lot um so you should go do that i they have a premium service on their website which they do and how you access all your videos and they have a video called burgle burgle my bananas oh burgles my bananas and i just can't get that phrase out of my head at all i think it's so clever and just funny and great so i tweeted them i'm like i'm thinking about signing up for cream and just so i can get the phrase burgles my bananas out of my head and into my eyes <laughs> and they liked it and i had another person who like responded to it and was like yeah i gotta build my twitter game also we just got approval for the podcast today that we're now on iTunes. So wow, we made it big time. Spectacular. Pretty much. Congratulations. Us took over the world as promised. Best podcast in the world. We'll take over universe next. Um, that only took us a few episodes. I'm surprised it was that easy. Yeah, I I am too. Actually. Um, I guess they've tried to streamline the process. So they minimize the effort on their end too. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Speaking of Twitter though, I, I've been thinking about this for a long time and I don't, really know how I feel about it. And so that's why I want to talk to you about it. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about privacy and social media uh-huh. and privacy between friends. And it, and it may just be a me thing. So I just need to know if I'm being told wrong and I want to get your opinion and everybody else's about it too. So when I was younger, I was seeing somebody and I didn't, like the way that one of their family members was treating one of their animals. I felt really uncomfortable when that was happening. Mm-hmm. And I told her about it. And then she told her family member about it. 
uh, told the family member that you were uncomfortable. Right. Or not even so much that I was uncomfortable, but like brought up or, you know, I like passed along that information, you know, and I've had that happen a few times where I'm telling somebody something and I think it's between us and then they pass it along. And I'm like, I understand that you have a very comfortable relationship with that family member, but I don't. And so what you share there makes me feel uncomfortable because I I was, to be fair, I didn't say don't share this with anybody else. But it's things that, like, I would just assume people wouldn't want to share with somebody, you know? Right. Like, you know, I don't try. I like the way this person's treating this animal. It's their animal. You know, they should, you know, and it wasn't egregious. So it's not like I thought it was just awful and needed to be reported. It just, I just was not a fan of it. But when, you know, I, I felt violated that, like, and trust broken a little bit. And I was going through Reddit the other day and it kind of hit me and, what I'm talking about, there's a whole subreddit dedicated to Tinder and bad Tinder mm-hmm. conversations. And you see this all the time. I actually was walking, looking through somebody's Twitter account today and I saw them post screenshots of DMs they've gotten. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I feel like it's okay to do that because the DMs that they're getting are not appropriate. But does that give you the right to like share that information with that person? I think that's a little different than what I'm talking about, the Tinder thing. The Tinder thing, though, really kind of gets me because the purpose of that app and what you're trying to talk to that person about, I would assume should be more private. So even if somebody makes a fool of themselves, I don't feel like it's okay to screen cap that and post it to Reddit. Now, a lot of those are probably bots. I understand. A lot of them probably are fake as well. But I think the idea of it's and the fact that that we're pe- perpetuating this, I believe, because I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I feel like it's okay. Can't you know? If you think if somebody says something to you that's just dumbfoundingly funny or just really inappropriate, and you want to call them out on it, you're gonna do it publicly over Reddit, but anonymously, like you know, I I don't know. Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense, and it does raise a lot of questions, and. Um, I think it would be fun to try and answer some of them for ourselves right yeah, now. I think so too. Um, so like the super, cause I, I felt similarly last week. One of the, one of the things I like watching on YouTube is like miniature painting series. Like, cause I always was fascinated with the miniatures aspect of Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer 40 K. And there's like so much care and detail that, and, effort that these people put into this hobby it's unbelievable and so i was watching a video and this guy who runs a channel with like a decent following like at the time he had like fifteen thousand followers right and he's like i i spent paid a bunch of artists is the thing that a lot of people do now it's like i paid a bunch of artists on fiverr to do work for me And then he like shows their page and gives their name and shows how much they charged and then shows the result on his camera and judges the result. And I, that made me feel extremely, because what you're basically doing there is, um, monetizing the work of other people. It's, you haven't done any work. You've paid someone money to do work and you are getting paid then to hold up their work in front of a camera and talk, talk about it. 
So that I don't like. And the big reason I don't like it, the big reason I do not like it was because it was not done anonymously. Oh. He did not say, he did not say, this is how much they asked for and this is what I got. He said, this page on Fiverr charged me this much money and this is their this is their work that went into it and it's like that made me feel real gross yeah that is like gross. really gross i think what? i think that um situation when it's not done anonymously is absolutely wrong 100 yeah, percent of the time I, I totally agree with that yeah it, it's you just can't you can't do it that way you know, yeah. and when it is done anonymously, that's something that's something where I think I, I may need to check myself is because I think in general, I don't worry about it that much. Like if it's anonymous, like what harm is it right. doing? But I also agree that there's an element of privacy to it that we need to be aware of. And, you know, these people may not have signed up for this. Yeah. And, <laughs> but at the same time, if you're engaging in a social media outlet, should you like in an age of the Internet, right, where you take pictures um, and people are like posting stuff to social media. Do you assume that if someone is posting pictures of their vacation to Facebook and you happen to be in the background, like, is it, is it their responsibility to take that photo down if you don't want to be in the photo? Oh, dude, we can go even further than that. What about, um, uh, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Because that's, you know, it's totally a paradigm shift for how we thought about photos because photos used to be personal and you never would share them except for a photo album. And now all of your family photos are on Facebook and Twitter and everything and your Instagram. And you're right. There's people in the background that didn't sign up to be in that photo. Mm -hmm. What about like PhotoPass, you know, at Disney? Like there is an entire ecosystem surrounded in the theme park around you taking photos with strangers to be fair though those rides you know you're going on them and you know there's going to be a picture taken right mm-hmm. or you may not but that's kind of a thing where like do a little research and you can figure that out so if you don't want your photo in a ride but like where you're just having somebody take a picture in front of the castle and in behind you is just your dumb face just like walking through like and that gets on. T- I don't know. I, I, I like. There's no way to police that, but I also don't necessarily think it's okay. Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of it has to do with like what the purpose of the stuff is. Right. And I think if like if you're making money off of it, if you're monetizing it somehow, if you're shaming it somehow, I definitely think there needs to be some sort of not necessarily protection in place. But like fail safe safeguards, yeah. you know, like like the whole thing with with YouTube getting nailed a couple of months ago for not protecting children's safety well enough around their advertising and targeted advertising on channels that were clearly designed for children. Right. Um, so I, I think I think it's a spectrum for sure. Um but I think that there is a lot that people don't think about when they do this yeah. stuff. And I think the even like the willingness of someone to to post that private conversation online and especially with Reddit, because Reddit is different because it actually like monetizes in a way y- those posts. Right. Because right. you're getting you're getting karma, which does I don't know what because I don't do a lot of posting no, on Reddit. So I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what the purpose is. I fall, I fall strictly in the lurker camp. 
but I know that there is like, there's a purpose there, right? right. And it, there is something going well, on beyond just, here's a funny thing that happened. Yeah. Right. I mean, you want to get to the front page. You want to, you're, you are maybe not. I mean, there are some folks who just post it because that's a fun forum to post in, but I think forums that are large enough, like reddits and especially the large, large subreddits inside of there, like if you're interacting in that one, you probably want to get to the front page. You probably want to post something on there. That's going to get the most up clicks, which is the best stuff to post, which, you know, it goes into the line of it's probably not like the stuff that's getting you the best likes is the stuff that you should not be sharing. It's like going to be your most private dumbfounding things that happen. Um, what do you think about, Oh, by the way, I, uh, I listened to a ton of legality uh, podcasts about that uh, COPA thing with YouTube. It's really funny yeah. how YouTube is trying to put the onus completely on the content creators to do this and not themselves. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The language it's, that they use. And it's just because it's just it's essentially the FTC was like, no, you need to do this. And, you, <laughs> and YouTube was like, OK, we'll do this. Content creators. It is your job to make sure this doesn't happen on your site, blah, blah, blah. which is really funny, though, because if you look at the language of the law, it says, like, in order for you to be at fault, you have to, like, operate your own, like, website, you know? So, like, just posting something on YouTube should not not be that way. Um, right. It's it's great. Yeah, I'm not going to get more into it because I can't remember a whole lot of it. You all should listen. You know, it's it's a fascinating thing. It's really interesting if you're interested in advertising and advertising to children and corporates, corporations um, trying to pass the buck. You know, if that interests you, you should you should take a look at that and kind of do some mm -hmm. research. What about um, when somebody? So yeah, this has helped because I'm you know I'm. I'm Unfortunately, with everything, you know, it's all going to determine based upon context, subcontext, when things happen. Oh, it depends if this happens. But I think in general, I can kind of come to the conclusion for myself, at least like, all right, at least if you're not doing this anonymously, I can 100 percent be like, yeah, I'm not going to be a fan of that. I can absolutely say that's wrong. Mm. Um, it's, you know, anonymously or if you're monetizing it, you know, which is really funny when you said something about monetizing that brought up um, critics. And not even so much critics, but like YouTube channels or Let's Plays, Let's Plays where I purchased the game and I'm going to run through it on YouTube and then make my comments and judge about it. But I paid you for the, you know, it's a little different. It is, but it's kind of a very high level thing of what you were talking about. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, so you and I are having a conversation. You say something to me. I'm really confused by it, but it's not really something where I could ask you to clarify. You're not being unclear. I just need to kind of have an idea about what it may mean, get some context in it. I snap a screenshot of that. I send it over to uh, another friend and they give me advice on it. What do you think about that? Do you think that is kind of breaking that same privacy thing? Because at that point you are being intimate and sharing a deep moment with somebody. So but, can you give, can you be more explicit? Yeah. Cause I think a lot of it depends on the context, right? Like if you're talking about, I want to go to X restaurant and my right. partner no, wants to go to Y restaurant right. and we're talking about what food is good. That's different than like, absolutely like, like intimate personal issues that's around like, 
mental health or like sexuality or something like that. I'm asking you about this because I've done this before and I've done it with you. You know, I had a, a situation, um, in the past few years where, you know, the, the woman and I who were talking just really weren't on the same page and we just couldn't get our communication down. And we spent a couple days kind of trying to work through it and text through it. Um, and I, I was, I mean, I generally just wanted to make sure, like, am I treating this person okay? Am I doing the right thing here? Am I saying the right things? Do I, like, I wanted to know, like, where I was at with the level. So I had you pretty much go through the whole conversation. I mean, you and Elizabeth both mm-hmm. read it. Um, and so I can cut that out, too, if we need to cut out Elizabeth. I'm sorry. Um, I don't, okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see why that's a okay, problem. Cool. Um, I mean, yeah. So I had you and your partner both read it and, but I will, uh, but I, let me make it very clear, but I will ask right. her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and not just for, for the sake of you and me, but for the sake of this conversation, like I think enthusiastic consent is, is something that's really important right. in our digital communication. Like it would be in our regular lives. Yeah. Um, I think it's different. It's a little different once you start talking about conversations you've had with someone, yeah. okay. because what happens then is like, if, if this happened to you and you want to share it, um, that's, that's like your prerogative, right? Like, I think you have a certain amount of freedom to be able to like know things that have happened to you and to be willing to share those with someone else. Like if you, if, if I was in a relationship and I didn't like where things were headed and I wanted to talk with you about it, I would talk with you about it. And I don't feel like that's a violation of my privacy with that person unless we're talking about things that that person isn't open about anyway. Right. Uh, I think I would I would I want to go one step further, though, and and specifically think about because you're we're going to miss when we are talking um, verbally to each other and not through text messages or not through that. Um, I could have sat down with you and explained the whole relationship. And t- I mean, I did, I did sit down with you and explain the whole relationship and went through everything and talked to you about all the things that I was going, but because of the past several days that I was going through that, I, I was kind of emotionally drained afterwards. So I didn't really have the capacity to properly let you know what was going on. And that's why I showed you what I did. So you could just say, Hey man, just look at it, read it. You'll get an understanding that way you can kind of give me advice on it. That's really the part that I'm struggling with is because it's not even so much a summarization of me telling you what happened to me and asking you for advice about it. It is, this is what that person told me verbatim. Here it is. Mm -hmm. And and go. And that's the part that I'm really kind of having a harder time with because they are the same thing, but, and I had no issue doing that. I mean, I think it needs to be clear is like, I have, I mean, even right now I've, I've sent probably hasn't happened in a while because I haven't really been in a situation where it's demanded it, but you know, I trust my friends and there's people that I, I want their opinion on things. So I'll screen cap something and say, Hey, what does this mean? And I never really thought about it if it was a bad thing or not, but now that I've thought about it a little more, I kind of just—I don't know—I'm kind of in the camp where I—I I don't know if those should be screen capped and in, in, in grabbed because you're not doing it with their consent. You're not—you haven't asked them permission to do that. You can't just say, "Hey, can I screen cap this and send it to a friend so I can respond to you correctly?" Uh, you're never going to right. do that. Um, 
So I think that's kind of where I may draw the line, you know, where if you verbally summarize it, you're not really getting into the weeds and sharing really because you can you can self censor when it comes to sharing verbally, where I, you know, you just leave out those details, you know, that person's not going to want to share. You can't do mm-hmm. that when you're screen capping stuff. True. So I, I kind of think that's where my line is with that. I don't, I'm, you know. Yeah, I, I, I admire the way that your brain is working around that. I think it's good. I think that we need to be more concerned about this than we are. And I think we need to be more thoughtful about this than we are. And I think um, I am very much in the camp right now. of feeling like I probably am playing too fast and too loose with it. Yeah. And I don't, it just strikes me as something that I shouldn't be doing, but it strikes me as something that also is so commonly done that I just don't, nobody has an issue with it at all. I asked a few uh, of my friends at work what they thought about it and say, Hey, I'm thinking about this topic a lot. What are you guys thinking about it? And I explained to them the situation. They're like, Oh, absolutely. We're sending that text message. We're screen capping it. No issues at all. Just going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I I was just like, okay. You know, like I just was kind of the one to get a poll because I don't know if they're right. And I don't know if I am. And I'm not really trying to put that on anybody. I just think I'm trying to come to terms with it myself. Um, and that's really where it's at. I think something profound was said to me a couple weeks ago, and it may have some relevance to this, but, um, I had a friend pull me aside, one of the most intelligent men that I know. And he pulled me, didn't even pull me aside. He's just like, we were just talking about it and we were actually talking about a podcast. Um, and I had want to cite what we were talking about. So I have it pulled up here. Um, so there's a person on t- either a Twitter or a podcast. I think it's Twitter, but his name is big Dave. So check that out on Twitter, big Dave. He, he was having a conversation with some people about, um, life. And as you get older and, what he said was, is when, as you get older and progress through your life, the realization hits you that you're no longer the main story or the main character in the story of what's going on in your life. And that had such an impact on me that I'm trying to like move forward in everything that I do. And I think that's applicable to here because I think when we are sending these messages out and when we are taking screen caps or when we are sharing funny things that somebody said to us through a DM, we're, we are imagining ourselves as being the main story and then that person as an ancillary character who doesn't really matter. But they're the main story in their life. And it does matter. And you may be an ancillary character in their life, but you doing something that may be affecting them that way has a greater impact than maybe I think you realize. And that just hit me so hard. I was, you know, and I, I, I was like, I'm going to kind of treat a lot of my social interactions this way. where like, I'm now the character that's there for the other person and like to progress their story along instead of progressing my story along. 
Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like all yeah. of what I just said, not just like the story stuff. Yeah. No, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I, I, I understand where it comes from. And I agree. I think for a long time, I was convinced I was the main character of my story. And I am the main character of my story because it's my right. story. My life is mine. For sure. Right. And, and up to a point, I think you're right. I think it's really important to remember that you are not you're not the only story. Right. That's the thing. It's like you you are the, you are absolutely the main character of yours, but you are not the only story. Yeah, and I and think that's a good distinction to make. I because I, I was I was thinking, you know, you get older, you you meet somebody, and maybe you settle down with a partner, and now you're co-stars, you know, and mm-hmm. then you have maybe you have kids, and now you are. You know the supporting care, you know, parents to your your kids' main. So, like, I just think that's such a cool little thing that you can weave in and out of all these different people's lives and go all these different ways and be just parts of these things. And I think it's important to remember and realize that you are not there to like your part in their story is not the same as your part in your own story. And I think that's really important to. Uh, to try to remember um, when you're interacting with folks. And I think it's going to make me a better person, definitely a better conversationalist for sure. Um, I still struggle with conversation a lot of times with new people because I I have such little care for small talk that uh, it's difficult for me to have to move through the small talk to get to the talk that I like. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is dependent on both you and the person. Like I think there's a lot of people who will say something like, you know, I, I, I don't have time for this or they'll, they'll steamroll through right. it. Um, but often what I find is that like, it, it, so I was talking about this earlier cause I, I learned this from my grandma, really the one who just passed away. Um, but like she would start conversations with complete strangers walking up to them and saying, I like that hat. And 45 minutes later, we're like best friends and they've given us their phone numbers and like, we know what their kids are studying in college. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, uh, and and so much of that is born out of curiosity. So questions, just saying like, what are you how up to day? these days? What? Yeah. How was your day? No. What did you do today? Yeah. How did you feel about that? Is that a good kind of? Was that a good kind of fun, or was that a frustrating kind of fun? Like, yeah. and just encouraging people to kind of expound on things a little bit where they might otherwise give sort of rote answers, and also being very clear up front, like I don't. Exp- please don't feel like you need to share any more than you're comfortable with. I'm a genuinely curious right. human being and I will ask you questions yeah. until you tell me to shut yeah. up. Yeah, absolutely. But I agree with you. I don't have a lot of tolerance for, for small talk, but I see like if I'm getting any kind of talk, that's an encouraging sign for me because it means that the person is at least willing right. to stand there and talk to me. Cause you can read pretty easily if someone's like not wanting to have those conversations, you can see that. I think yeah. it comes through pretty, pretty readily. I think it does too. And I appreciate them because I, I too do not want to have those conversations sometimes. <laughs> I just, just not want to sit down on the bus, lean my head against the window. Just, just, just want to make it. Just let me make it through here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to have to interact with anybody right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I loved that. I'll, I'll always remember that. You know, I feel like there's always lessons that you learn throughout your life that just have more profound impact than you may realize at certain points. But then there's also ones that I think this one hits you just so hard and you're just like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it does work that way. I've been, I had a goal 
last year, my, my New Year's resolution, resolution, resolution a few years ago, could have been last year, who knows? It was, definitely wasn't this last year, it was definitely a year before that. Um, I wanted to leave people, you know, in a better place after our conversation than when we left. Like I wanted them to feel better than when we entered the conversation. You can't always control that, but you can certainly try, you know, um, and try to read that correctly and, and provide that for somebody. But uh, it's, um, that was one that hit me really hard too. Just kind of like, just try to be positive with folks towards, you know, even if you're having a, a really heartfelt, difficult conversation try to end it where you guys are in a better place than you were before um just i just try to have interactions that are positive with folks and that 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 lesson kind of hit me the the biggest lesson i learned before this last one though was for sure i was listening to colin cowherd once on the radio and um he said just just be happy for people's successes trust me it'll 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 make your life way better and mm-hmm. it does. And I, I tried to expand upon that. And I tried to, it's hard, you know, when you're trying to go for the same job somebody else is, and I've had this happen and you get, don't get chosen and they do. And I've had leaders tell me, you know, and people hiring me say, different circumstances, we would have hired you on the spot in this role, but we had to have somebody with the prior knowledge immediately. And I was like, I understand, I get it. And I'm, you know, you still got to be happy for that person as much as it's awful for you and it's tough. But I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think it really just uplifts your life as well. You know, that you're not, not just not being bitter because something else you're like, yeah, I'm happy for that person. They're, they're the main story and they just kick in theirs. Um, let's, uh, let's do the same in ours. So yeah, that's, uh, life lessons with Max and Aaron. It's our, uh, it's a new <laughs> podcast. We're gonna write a book afterwards. Each page is only gonna have a few less lessons on it. It's gonna and, 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 and it'll be in the children's section, about three or four pages long. This is about and delightful little doodles of pieces of artwork to go along ooh, with it. Speaking obviously. of artwork, uh, I would like to ask you about something that, that I want you to do for me, but we can we okay. can do it later. If we don't want to talk business business and monetary value on on the podcast. I get it. I don't see a problem. How with much it. would you let me pay you to make my tattoo for me? <laughs> me- um, I've actually got to sit down and do one for uh, Elizabeth as well here in the next week or two. So well, um, I will be on a tattoo creation kick. So I, none at all, just like credit. Okay. Well, can I pay you for the time that you would have been driving? No. Are you sure? Because I want That's ridiculous. to. ridiculous. And there's two reasons I want to do it. I want to do it because I, I do want it from you. Um, and I think artistic things need to be paid for most of the time if the artist is putting effort into it like they do. All right. I tell you what. But, how about I do it for you and you decide what you think it's fair. Okay. I c- how about we do that? Because I don't, I don't want to ch- – I don't – have enough experience with this i'm not a professional image creator or illustrator expert um so i want to make sure that that it's not like i'm not overvaluing my own right well i was just kind of more thinking of you know the second half of that line was i want you to do it you know like if if you're going to be spending time driving and not working on my tattoo but you'd rather work on my tattoo i'd rather just pay you to work on that for the time that you'd spend driving so you can just do it, you know, like that was half of it where yeah. it's like, if, you, that makes if you're sense. worried about actually accomplishing it, 
I would rather just pay you to, to do it. And, you know, that's kind of the angle that I was more thinking about. Okay. Um, so if that is a thing and is, and is something you want to look at, let me know and we'll, we'll go there. Um, if you want to try to do it without going that route, go for it. But if you find some like, you know what, I just, I need to be able to drive to, to make money. And so like, do it. Absolutely. And we'll go that route. Okay. Uh, okay. By the way, folks, I am getting a tattoo of um, the Ninja Turtle weapons. It's going to be in the shape of a pizza. And I'm very excited. And Not a whole pizza, a slice of pizza. No, a whole pizza. I decided I'm just going to get it on my chest over each of my breasts, you know, just <laughs> one's going to be Hawaiian pizza. That one's going to be a pepperoni pizza. So with like one tastefully um, oriented pepperoni in the very middle, obviously. Absolutely. Right? Well, this is the only pepperoni. We don't even need to tattoo that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah. And well, yeah, then we're also going to have another pepperoni that we will tattoo on the Hawaiian pizza right in the middle. You know, we want to make this as painful as possible. You know, I don't want to not cry when I'm at the tattoo place. Um, yeah. Man, thank you so much for helping me with this because it really has like cleared me up a little bit um, for kind of how where I draw my lines with with everything. And I think I'm going to have to change things up a little bit um, and and go that route and not uh, not be so loosey goosey with everything. And and also, well, I think consent is a huge thing, and I think. I think it's it's very easy to just start operating under the assumption that like it's okay to share if you have consent from the individual yeah. in the conversation too, right? Like any of those conversations you've shared, like just reach out to that person and say, hey, I'm really trying to learn, try to get a little bit better about this. Can I share this right. with someone? Yeah, I think that's true uh, and as well. And I also think the more difficult part of this is going to be the consumption instead of the act so I also think if I'm holding myself to this standard that I've arbitrarily created for myself, mm-hmm. I also should hold myself to that standard when I consume things as well. So rolling through a Twitter post that is about a bunch of people being DM'd and all the snafus that happen, I got to scroll past that, you know, because if I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that and be willing to do that, I shouldn't be consuming in, in that and liking it, you know, and propagating it. Yeah, and I think I that's going to be way more difficult, honestly, than doing it myself. Self-discipline well, to like say, acting for me is like that part's easy, but like looking at something online and just being like, "Oh, that's funny. I should, I should, I should click on that," and, and not going down just, that line. Uh, yeah, it's harder. Just reframe it in in your head in your personal narrative and think of it as spoilers for a movie you really oh, want gosh, to see. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really easy way to do it. I I almost didn't watch the new James That's Bond a trailer. Spoiler, I, don't I was very close from not watching that because I didn't want to get spoilers. I watched it twice yeah. though. So <laughs> I have, I haven't seen it yet, um, but I'm really looking forward to watching a, it. I should probably do that right after we get done here. It's a great trailer to be honest. It's awesome. I haven't seen the, the black widow trailer either. I haven't I'm either. excited for that. I one. have no interest in watching that trailer. I, I have no, like I've been trying to, um, go through Disney plus and kind of like pick and choose what I want to watch. Um, I've been watching a lot of tales Planet spin. been watching a lot of Darkwing duck, um, X-Men been watching a lot of X-Men. Um, and, and speaking of, uh, a <laughs> uh, callback here, I, I, I found the X-Men episodes. I can watch them in order. Now I don't have to just randomly come across one. And I've been finding out that I saw a lot of season one 
that I don't remember that I watched, but I absolutely watched it. Like I watched the individual episodes and like, they just happened to be in yeah. season one. And then I was talking to my yeah. brother about it um, the other night. Cause I was like, yeah, I mentioned you in the podcast the other day because you, I thought you did this. You may not do this. You may not have done this, but I told everybody you did. So we're just going to go with it. And he's like, no man, I watched so much X-Men. I was like, great. And because I realized I also watched a lot of X-Men with him, too, because I'm like, I've seen this episode, I've seen this episode, too. Mm-hmm. I've seen this story. Arn. I know who that character is. And it's just like, this is great. I don't think I've seen much past season one, but uh, it's been great. I also started watching The Mighty Ducks, which is that the, the one where they're like they're hockey yeah. players who are also ducks and they are also superheroes with a spaceship? Yeah. It, no, no, it's that's it. That's an incredible show. Better. This show, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm making an immediate amendment to honorable mentions. This show has to be on top of the list, honorable mentions. The very first episode, you're introduced to these, which by the way has Jim Belushi in it. Um, the very first episode, you're introduced to, they're an off-world series, like they're an off-world species, so they don't live on Earth, they're aliens. They like hockey independently of Earth. So hockey exists someplace else in the universe. This is what we're establishing. And they're <laughs> ducks, and they love that. And each, obviously, each character has a certain position in the game, and they're all awesome, mm-hmm. and they're all superheroes. And then each character also has like a certain style, and you know, and like it's amazing. The very first episode you get introduced to this just amazing. Uh, stoic, just wonderful leader of a character, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. He's wearing the golden hockey mask. I'm looking forward to following him for the rest of uh, this TV series. No, he dies in the first episode and passes on his leadership to somebody else. And I remember watching that as a kid. And it's, he doesn't die. He gets snapped in like this little cool little animation that they do like lightning snapped into a different dimension is what I assumed. So I always wanted to see if they ever found him. Cause that's part of the show is like, can the guy find him? Mm-hmm. Is he gone forever? And like, we don't know. So I never got to find out if they ever found them. I'm very excited to watch through all this so I can get to the point where I can see if they find him. I hope I'm not disappointed. I think I'll be happy either way, but, uh, I'm all in for it. It's so good. And yes, it's fun. I remember watching quite a few episodes of that yeah. when I was on my Street Sharks kick too. And it's it is yeah, it's a great it show. is Street Sharks. Uh, it's it's the same thing. Like Street yep. Sharks like to play hockey in the street and rollerblade. And it was I had I had a few Street Sharks uh, um, action figures, and it was awesome. I love those figures. They are so great. Um, the Mighty Ducks, though, <laughs> also play for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks mm-hmm. and their ducks. Nobody seems to care that 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 <laughs> they're ducks. ducks playing for the ducks. The jerseys and the logo, like everything is modeled after the actual Anaheim Mighty Ducks. It also came out around the same time as D2, the Mighty Ducks, which also has those style of uniforms in there. Not the exact one-to-one, but very, very similar. And mm-hmm. so you're thinking to yourself, what did, did Disney, did Disney partner with the Anaheim mighty ducks and like create all of these things for a hockey team? Like the answer is probably, probably yes. Right. Like, yep. 
because they like that's how cartoons are made in the you know the 80s and sometimes in the earlier 90s it's not so much done as much anymore though my little pony's still definitely doing it um Mm -hmm. but like you know transformers all those were just made to sell toys so like is the mighty ducks made to sell hockey is this the first cartoon that's made to sell hockey but it's also really good probably yeah I think that makes a lot yeah, of sense. And not only that, they're aliens that are protecting humans from a worse set of aliens. It's great. It's aliens fighting aliens. It's essentially Transformers with hockey and ducks instead of robots mm-hmm. and uh, and Energon and all that kind of stuff. It's great, dude. It's so good. <laughs> I, I love it so much. Um, but other other uh, other classics, The Good Dinosaur. I watched that the other day because I think it has the best um, water animation I've ever seen in my entire life. The Good Dinosaur. Yeah. I'm not sure I ever saw. You that. should. It was not very well marketed because I don't think Disney is all that like into it. Oh, I do remember that vaguely. You're right. You're right. I do remember. And I do remember I saw like one trailer once and then I never saw another trailer for it. Yeah. Um, it's on Disney Plus. It's Pixar. I can't believe I didn't. Yeah. yeah I, 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 yeah. It's like Pixar's <laughs> one bad apple that people think. Nobody's excited about the Good yeah. Dinosaur. It's a Western. I think it's awesome. I re- like I yeah. like the good dinosaur. I think it's cool. I think and they have it in 4K um, on uh, Disney Plus, and so I pop that baby nice. in, and I'm just like, Oof, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the animation I want. The landscapes, it's real. Like legitimately, I look at it I'm like if it wasn't for the clearly cartoony characters in this, I, I would. I, if it was just landscape uh, animation, I would not be able to distinguish the difference. It would take me mm-hmm. a while to look at it and distinguish the difference. It's so good. Um, that's a technical feat that I've not seen reprised um, by Pixar or Disney in the in the last few movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should definitely go check it out. I will. I definitely will. So, yeah. Sweet. Um, that's all my Disney Plus for the day. I just, it's Milan, Mandalorian's still great. Baby Yoda, all about him. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it's not the Mandalorian anymore. It seems like it's the Baby Yoda. It is. And also, he has a guy with him who shoots guns. Yeah, it, it is. They, they, if it was just about Baby Yoda, it would not be as good. You have to have the Mandalorian there to offset Baby Yoda for sure. Um, but I'm not sure if Disney knew what they had in a Baby Yoda, you know, considering merchandise isn't going to be available until May. Like some merchandise, there's some merchandise that's available, but some merch is like, yep, we're creating a plush for you. You can order it now. It'll mm-hmm. be here in May. So, you know, <laughs> just in time for you to watch season two when it comes out in a year and a half or two years, if it even does have a season two. I'm interested to see what they do with this because um, Baby Yoda is very intriguing because mm-hmm. um, I did not sub- subscribe to Yaddle. Yaddle is no no Yoda replacement. We also don't know if Yaddle still exists anymore. She could be gone. I don't know who Yaddle, Yaddle is. Yaddle sits on the council with Yoda in Phantom Menace uh... and you like never see her again. <laughs> You're like, well, we just needed to make sure that like justified that there was more than one Yoda 
and like but both of them are force awesome so like and baby yoda's force awesome apparently so um it's cool uh, the mandalorian's awesome outside of baby yoda I, I do really like it i love love the tone and everything about it it's i've seen several of the episodes multiple times so uh, yeah i've heard great I, things i'm really excited just, about it i'm in a star wars mood man I fall asleep to Star Wars. I'm watching Rebels. I'm watching. I I I, I want to consume it. And they did such a good job with their advertising and marketing campaign. You know, the Fallen Order, Mandalorian, releasing all of Rebels and Clone Wars right before Episode Nine comes out. Yeah, mm-hmm. y'all did a good job. That was that was impressive. So <laughs> I'm very happy. All right. I never got into the Clone Wars. I thought the Clone Wars was awesome. I, I I know I've heard good things yeah. about it. I really should get into that one too. No better. There's just there's just so much time. There's so little time in the oh, day. No, no, you know I'm what I mean? You. There's so many good shows at this yeah. point, and I'm running out of time, yeah, yeah. and it's starting to stress me out. I'm feeling old. Yeah, I feel the same way, man. I'm with you. It's it's difficult to uh, to go through all those, and I've I've seen the Clone Wars twice. Um, I I had a lot of time to watch TV in Florida. It was kind of kind of nice. I don't. I, I. I'm thankfully in a, in a much more active life here. You know, in a band, doing podcasts, mm-hmm. doing all kind of stuff. So, um, I don't have time to do that. You know, I I struggle at night. Mm-hmm. I like to go to sleep when I'm watching TV. I know it's not great for you. Um, it does like just help me just like drift off and not think. Um, because that's what keeps yeah. me up is when I have to think. When I start thinking, I start uh, not being able to fall asleep. So allowing yeah. my brain to shut off when I when I watch stuff, and I can't. I, I used to. I the last like three weeks, I've been falling asleep to Bond movies, and I think I'm gonna take a little break um, from all the Bond movies for a bit. So I have to pick a new one, which is probably going to be Star Wars or uh, Tailspin. I fell asleep to Tailspin last night. Nice. Sounds very relaxing. It was. I love Tailspin. Um, I really do. That's. It's just my kind of jam with all of that. You know, mm-hmm. blackberry, raspberry. I don't like strawberry jam very much, but all of those. I love strawberry jam. What's wrong with you? No, I think strawberry jam has such little flavor in it. I also am not a huge fan of strawberries um, in general. I think your average ratio in strawberries you buy in the store of good ratios to just mediocre meh ratio of strawberries it's not good. You get like two good strawberries and like a pack of 12 from my experience, like good, solid tasting strawberries. And so the opportunity, like value and risk there for me is not like worth it to buy strawberries yeah. in the store. Well, you, you don't, I don't do it. At, I mean, I'm not going to go to Walmart for fresh strawberries, right? You need to go to like, like a farmer's market or something. Because definitely, definitely a lot of the sort of big mega store fruit is not ideal. Even places like Kroger and Albertsons don't have the best. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, Yeah, well, this was fun. We should keep doing this, you know? Okay. Like yeah. Well, I have lots of opinions about everything, and lots of beer to drink while I talk about everything. So yeah, I'm in. Yeah, this is this is this is a good time. Um, 
What do you? You sound like you're saying goodbye. I am saying goodbye. It sounds like the this end. This is the end. I think we should do it next week, though, no. or the week after that, okay. or maybe sometime right, after that. We can't ever stop doing it because then it will cease being infinite. That's true. That man, man, we really screwed ourselves in that name. Why did you do yep. that to us? You didn't have to say it was okay. You could have said, no, I don't want that name, you know? And mm-hmm. I could have, and I didn't. Yeah, we didn't have the foresight into that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think this is a wrap, everybody. You know, you all should have a good time. Enjoy everything that you like to enjoy. This has been uh, Infinite Pulp. My name is Aaron. You can find me on Twitter. I'm on Instagram now. Um, just type in Damped Mango, D-A-M-P-3-D-M-A-N-G-O, um, Damped 3D Mango, but it's pronounced Damped Mango. You'll find me. I don't think anybody else has it on there. Max, why don't you tell people where they can find you? You know, we didn't do that last time, and I think we should. Yeah. You can find me at Facebook, maxbaronreed.com. And YouTube at maxbaronreed.com and Twitter at maxbaronreed.com. And I'm pretty sure my Instagram is also maxbaronreed.com. Yeah. Um, and soon uh, you guys will be able to um, email us. We're getting an email, probably going to be like podcast at infinitepulp.com, something like that. For feedback, questions, kind of if you guys want to participate, topics you hear want to hear us talk about. So look for that in the show notes. You guys have, have, a, have a good rest of your uh, rest of your day. Um, if you listen to it at night, have a good rest of your day. In the morning, have a good rest of your day. And uh, if, if I don't see you again, you know, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Be good to each other.